Hello and welcome to the Reflection Pool podcast produced by the Vernal Pool, UC Merced's undergraduate creative arts journal. My name is Madeline Lara and today I will be sitting down with Paul Gibbons, an associate teaching professor in the Global Arts, Media and Writing Studies department here at UC Merced, who is going to illuminate for us the origins of the Vernal Pool and discuss the many changes it has undergone since its inception in 2014. So without any further ado, let's jump into the interview. Hello, Professor. Thank you so much for joining me today and taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know it's um, kind of that point in the semester where everything's hitting us pretty hard, but uh, (laughs) thank you for joining me. While you're here, I just was wondering if you could inform our audience um, as someone who is here at the inception of the Vernal Pool, what did the Vernal Pool look like in the beginning and what are some of the evolutions that it's gone through? I know it's gone through a lot. Well, thanks for inviting me. It's it's a pleasure to talk about the Vernal Pool whenever I can. Um, the Vernal Pool uh, at the, its beginning was just what was it? It was just an idea born from actually students are, are, are the source of this. When I think about it, there had been two small run journals: one the Kumquat, and the other I think it was called Imagine Dead Imagine. It was two student run journals way back in like two thousand eight, nine, or ten, around in there. Um, and before we'd even graduated a class and those journals had come and gone based on grant funds, I found out like, so they had had, you know, a thousand dollars to do it. And then they just died and they were nice because they were, they were physical journals. You know, they, they were small, they were maybe 20 pages really. And they were half cuts. So, you know, they were maybe five inches by 10 inches at best. That's the biggest I saw. Anyway, but they had a few runs, and they'd be left around campus. And they were kind of, you know, in 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 the different the four or five buildings that we had at the time. Um, and I always thought that it, it would be great. I talked to faculty who are the creative writing faculty here, and they they always thought it would be great to like restart a journal, but kind of put some oomph behind it so that it is sustained. And we realized students are are incredibly good at getting things started here, but they graduate in four years. I mean, you know, and that's good. That's what you want to do, right? (laughs) So um, we realized that maybe having some faculty involvement or some administrative involvement, some sort of involvement might be really good and to help the students. And so we were in this lull of creative writing, sort of publishing activity on campus. And I had just become an assistant teaching professor here. Um, so I had moved from sort of one role, from a lecture role into a, a teaching professor role and ended up as an assistant director of the writing program. And I talked to Ann Zanzuki at the time. This would have been 2012 and 2013, said, hey, we'd like to have a journal. What do we do? <laughs> so all of that uh, sort of intro is to say I asked Ann Zanzuki, what do we do? She was the director of the, the merit writing program at the time. And she said, well, you know, we have this e-scholarship journal. That's the undergraduate research journal that we just got, and it's well-supported nationally, and you can see that UC publishes, you know, their academic journals, all kinds. It said, what do you think about that? And I said, sure, why not? Because there's really no other no other route, and it's free. I'll repeat that, and it's free. <laughs> so that was part of it. Um, and then I talked to some faculty about it over the course of a semester, and they were like, yeah. We were meeting a lot then. The writing minor faculty would get together a lot. And then maybe maybe 10 of us, well, between seven and 10 of us regularly involved in the writing minor. And so that's what we, that's how it started was me asking Ann, hey, can we do this? Yeah, here's this thing, this e-scholarship thing. And so then we went through the process of applying for it. And so what it looked like in the beginning was just this glint in somebody's eye. (laughs) 
But it, it source comes from the students. And then, of course, the way it looked in the beginning was it was just sort of this perception of a thing. Like we had no idea what the e-scholarship was going to do or how it was going to work, how it was even going to look. So it was just a perception in the beginning. And the first issue came about in 2014. And it looks like, you know, it looks like an academic journal, right? It's got all the, and it sort of retained that flavor for a long time. Um, but that's how it got started. And it sort of looked like this sort of, let's just get this thing out the door. <laughs> and let's read student work and let's talk about student work and all the process that goes uh, around that. It's really fascinating. Yeah, I'm curious, what was the kind of faculty slash administrator response at first? Because I know you Seymour said we kind of pushed to the forefront science mostly. So what was the response to the idea to start a creative arts journal here? Um, well, I mean, locally, since we had control over it, it was ours, so we didn't care. <laughs> To elaborate a little bit, um, I, most people that I talked to were really enthusiastic about it. The faculty, like the the faculty involved in the creative writing um, end of things, and even the other faculty in the merit writing program who had nothing to do with creative writing, they're all supportive. I mean, anything that's student run, they were just or student focused. It wasn't student run at the time, but anything that's student focused like that is that was sort of our charge. That's what we're here for. So wider than that, we did get a couple of pings. Once we got published, the director of the Vernal Pools Research Institute, and I can't remember the exact name of their uh, organization, but it's a big deal, right? The Vernal Pool Research happens out there, you know, near campus. In fact, now that we've got some rain <laughs> today, the Vernal Pools maybe uh, have a shot at filling up this year or, or making it through the year. Um, they actually thought it was really cool that it was called the Vernal Pool. And so they sent us photos and they said, if you ever want to do a special issue, you know, so they were really, they loved the idea of writing and slash arts journal. It was, it was really pretty much a creative writing journal, not so much an arts journal at the time. It's, that's where we were starting. We were starting with the students we knew kind of thing. But yeah, faculty have been supportive. You know, we haven't really marketed it beyond just sort of the creative writing end of things. Uh, I know it's gotten into the arts and so GASP, you know, the Global Arts Studies program is, I think, starting to send student work. Like they're advertising it to their students to send work, work there now. You kind of touched on another question that I have for you, which is, why is it called the Vernal Pool? That's a question I get all the time as an editor. So I'm hoping you could speak to that a little bit. Yeah, I recently gave a presentation on the Vernal Pool origins, and I left that deliberately out. And nobody asked me that question, even though I get the question at every other place. So I supplied it then, um, <laughs> sort of in a Q&A session after the, the address. It came about with... We started searching for a name. It was one of those meetings where there's like, you know, six or seven of us around a table. It was up there in the Willow Room of COB1. So it's that third floor conference room up there. And we were kicking around, oh, right, we need a name for this thing. <laughs> like, here's the application form to e-scholarship. Oh, right, we need a name. That's the first thing. We need a purpose. We need all these policies and things. So, um, and John Hunley said, well, I think like the Vernal Pools, I think you call it Vernal Pools or something like that. It has plural in there. And we all, and, and we had, of course, a list of names we were just tossing out. And that one just caught. Everybody's like, that's it. That's the one. I mean, it's local. It's metaphorical. It's encompassing. You know, we like this idea of a journal being a pool, right? It's, it's uh, life-giving, but it also sort of swirls things into it. Um, and then, so we went back and forth and the Vernal Pool finally came out because we needed to, to make it singular so that it was distinct from the Vernal Pools Research Institute and some other things. So there was a practical end to keeping it sort of singular. Plus, I actually think I voted for <laughs> an email vote um, for that at the time for the Vernal Pool. But that's how it came about. So the fact, you know, just John Hunley, Professor Hunley, still teaching here, um, said, hey, 
I think this is great. And he's kind of an adventurous, outdoorsy kind of guy. And it just stuck. We were like, well, this is great. It's perfect. Yeah, because we like to keep things as local as possible, yet have this sort of reach from there. I'm curious, what was the initial response from the student body when you started the Vernal Pool? Um, it was pretty minimal. We didn't get a lot of submissions. We kind of had to encourage submissions. And then it seemed like, if I recall right, it, we sort of hit this tipping point where enough students, remember we were smaller then too. We only had 65, 7,000 students maybe here. So, you know, I mean, we're two thirds or three quarters of our size of undergraduates now, size of the undergraduate cohort now. And it seemed like we hit a tipping point where we had advertised enough in classes and enough students had heard what was going on that we started to get a lot of submissions, you know, to the point where we were kind of stretched editorially. When I say a lot of submissions, I'm not talking about hundreds. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, a couple of dozen, maybe three dozen submissions. Enough to keep us really super busy um, as a small sort of board and editorial staff, but not, you know, not, not super overwhelming. That was the initial response. It seemed like it remained pretty steady over time. By the time 2018 rolled around and there was a full handover to the class, you know, that you're a part of, it seemed like interest had sort of grown just uh, sustainably, though. Uh, not like this big leap that I'm aware of, but it just sort of like, it sounds like y'all are getting between 30 and 50 submissions a semester or a year which is kind of in the pocket. It doesn't stretch people too much depending on the size of the <laughs> staff. Everything looks doable. I think if there's ever multimedia or other things, I think it, it has a chance to, you know, of course, explode beyond that. But then there's a price for that, right? <laughs> it's sort of like, do you have the numbers of people to like vet submissions and do well by the student work? One of the things I've been impressed with, with the Vernal Pool, um, I think the, the student reaction I was most interested in actually was the students that re-engaged the process. So they got accepted, but maybe they had to do some revisions. Or they got declined, but faculty were really interested in the work because the, there was something in there they really saw that was really good. This is back in the, you know, when the faculty was running the journal. And we would always reach out to the students and say, you know, if you revise this, I'll help you. And then you can resubmit. So there was always this sense of, you know, you're entering a space where writing is done and writing is really done in revision. I mean, you talk to any of us in <laughs> writing program, writing studies, you know, 90% of the writing is always in the revision stage. And so students um, engaging that has always been um, a priority. And so I think the student reaction to that was sort of a little bit in shock, actually, I think. Some students were like, oh my God, I have to revise it. Others were like, oh, wow, I get to revise this, you know? So that was neat to see. I was also wondering if you could speak to some more of the challenges you guys faced in the beginning. The beginning, yeah, getting it all done. Our timeline was a month to get the first issue out <laughs> from the time we received all our submissions, literally from September, something like 7th or 13th or something like that, 2014 to October 14th. That was our public, that was our launch date. And we launched on time, believe it or not. There were seven of us on the editorial board. You can go back to, I think, to see that original board archived on the e-scholarship, you know, version of the site. And then every board member was also an editor and a reviewer. So everybody that, all those seven folks, all of them were not only sort of an editor, you know, but also reviewing work and then sending messages to students. Actually, I sent all the messages to students, but I collected it from the editors at the time. It's just easier to do it that way. But that was the difficulty of getting it out the door. 
<laughs> it's just, but we were pretty lean. I mean, like, it, you know, it's kind of like any organization which only has seven or eight people. You get to know each other pretty well. You've been teaching together in this case. We teach writing together. So we had some common students together. We saw some common student names that, you know, students we had taught that were submitting. So it was, um, it felt pretty familial. You know, it had a big sort of family atmosphere, but also really supportive supportive, but stressed to kind of get it out the door on top of the teaching and other kind of classroom innovations that we were having to do just because we were, we were still a startup, still kind of are in some ways, this university, it's an opportunity, right? But it does mean people do multiple roles at once. So I would say on my part, it was just to get it out the door, but the faculty really pulled together on it. I'm also wondering how it felt just on a personal level as someone who has been so personally involved in the journal, how has it felt to watch it grow and change so much? I've been really happy to see it grow. I was talking with Callie, the current uh, Callie Kitchen, Professor Kitchen. She's the faculty advisor of the Vernal Pool. And we were talking about how it would be nice to have faculty re-involved in some portion, you know, some aspect of the vernal pool because we don't really contact it much anymore i just send students there for my classes you know i just say hey is this opportunity and and preethi one of your staff of the vernal pool she came into a creative writing class i'm teaching and sort of did the did the whole powerpoint and did the whole thing and but like faculty aren't much involved and that's the only thing that i i think that i sort of i wish would come back a little bit i don't know how it would be done like because you want to do it right you don't want to like because there's power differentials and all that stuff in journals that can really get kind of kind of weird. I've been other places where it's just been weird, but it'd be great to to have more faculty support. Maybe that's the words I'm looking for, either in the process or in the, or maybe in the, the I don't know. I don't know where it would happen in the, in, in the flow, the editorial flow, but it would be great. So far though, I really like that it's moved to include arts. I would hope that like this podcast, brilliant idea. I really like that it's moving this way um, and that it's become available. I just want to see it. I, I don't know how you would highlight it more. That's the only thing that I wish. I just wish it were more present on campus. And maybe it is, and I just don't see it. Because the campus is big enough now, you can kind of be in corners of campus and not see other stuff going on. So. I was wondering if you could speak to the benefits of publishing in the Vernal Pool to your career outside of UC Merced. What doors can it open for you? For students, it depends on where they're headed. Uh, I'd say the single biggest benefit of publishing in the Vernal Pool is that you will go through the process of sending your work somewhere, having somebody else read it. There, uh, some people, they don't really care much if they get accepted or if it's declined. They don't seem to care. Um, others take it really personally. I've been in both in my in the poems I've published, especially I've had some where I'm like, oh, that's going to get in somewhere, and then I'm devastated when it doesn't. <laughs> and others, I get rejections, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then some acceptances. I mean, acceptances are always good, um, but it's almost like writing. You know, you can sit down to write at any given session. You're not really sure how you're going to feel. I mean, you may have some baseline feelings, but some sessions go well, <laughs> some don't. So encountering that in a publishing sense, I think it's really important to get something as best as you can get it, either by revising it with other people or revising it yourself or, you know, who you show it to, just getting it ready for publication and just getting it out the door. There's something good about sort of saying, all right, this is the best I can make it. And I'm sending it out. It's, it's not just in my creative writing class anymore. It's not just in my diary. It's not just here. It's actually out for other local people to read. Um, I think that's one of the, the most fantastic things about publishing or like sending to the Vernal Pool. And getting published is great, too, because having others read it and get get something out of what you've read 
is kind of magical enough that they want to say, hey, we're going to present this to you know this community. There's something magical there. <laughs> and of course, it's encouraging um, to do that. But I think the biggest thing is actually just to submit. That's, I would just say getting something ready to submit. There's nothing like it. The analogy I have is actually filling out that paperwork to get the e-scholarship site, to kind of get the journal made. It had all these fields like purpose, scope. It was actually really clarifying for the entire project. I think if we had just done it without having that application, we would have stumbled through and finally arrived at a purpose at issue three. <laughs> and it would have shown, right? But because we had these forms we had to fill out and you only had so much to do it in, it's clarifying. It's clarifying to have a real audience. And finally, I just want to ask if there are any students listening that are interested in pursuing a career in publishing or writing or interested in getting their um, work published in the Vernal Pool. Do you know of any past authors or editors who have gone on to have careers in writing or publishing? Yeah, you know, one of the, the things that we don't do very well right now is keep track of our alumni. And I know that that's strategically, it's in the strategic plan of the School of Social Sciences, Humanities, and Arts, and certainly writing studies is looking to that, especially as it moves towards wanting an undergraduate major in writing studies. And so that's that's one of the things that we're kind of weak in. So I can't name any <laughs> right off the top of my head. I bet if I talked, I'm going to run into somebody right after this. I'll be like, oh, of course. <laughs> but uh, publishing is just a, such an odd field to get into because... Um, it's changed dramatically in the last 10 years. Um, and so some of the models of publishing, you know, they change every, uh, they're just changing so quickly. I was thinking of Hannah Lee was one who um, was in the Vernal Pool for a while. And I, and I think she went to publishing school someplace. Um, but there's been some others who have gone, if they haven't gone into publishing, they've gone into near publishing fields. Like maybe they're in the digital media or that kind of, um, or hooked it up with their other degrees. It's hard to know too, because a computer science student might've gone on and do something that I don't know about. If there's any alumni out there that want to reconnect, please do. <laughs> I hope this, um, by this time next year, we're, we're going to have an alumni network for writing. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for being here. This is a very insightful conversation. I'm, I'm glad that our listeners can get some insight into the origins of the Vernal Pool and uh, hear how much it's evolved. So Great. thank you so much well, for joining thanks. us. Thank you very much. Thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed that discussion as much as I did. If you're interested in seeing past editions of The Vernal Pool, check out our website, thevernalpool.ucmerced.edu, by clicking the link in the description. Past editions can also be found on our e-scholarship page, the link to which will also be in the description. UC Merced undergraduates who are interested in submitting their creative writing or visual art for publication can find detailed instructions on how to do so on our website. To make sure you catch future episodes of the Reflection Pool podcast, please consider subscribing to this channel. To connect further, please follow us on Instagram by clicking the link in the description or searching for at vernalpool underscore UCM on Instagram. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to seeing you all in the next episode. Bye.